What's up, Leo? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. We're uh, recording from our remote studio today. This is very exciting. It is. You know, I have to say I miss you a little bit, but this is, you know, it's kind of new. It's sort of novel. I'm yeah, looking well, forward I'm, to it. I'm having kind of a, a week over here, so it's uh, doing what needs to be done. It's so funny. I, I bring my dog in one week, and then the very next week, he fucks himself up. <laughs> Can't come <laughs> in. How's he doing? Uh, he seems like he's doing okay. I mean, I feel like... So, uh, For I, no one knows, so... I was visiting my sister over the, during the week on Tuesday and she has a mm-hmm. big giant backyard that's all turfed and like is beautiful and fenced in. Nice. And so, uh, so I set happy loose. I was just like, go for go, it. And he was just being paradise. He was just going zoomies like crazy. Like I live in LA. There's not a lot of places like even dog parks where he can really like, like really jam out. And so he was just like a dog in paradise. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like eight o'clock he uh, comes running around a corner and just starts crying. Uh-huh. And um, so I go over there and he's limping and I scoop him up and he's just one of his paws just is like flapping around. No. And, uh, yeah, it's terrible. So I drove him back to LA. I was trying to see if he could hold out for the night and he couldn't. So I took him to the doggy ER, which cost a lot of money. I bet. And, uh, but he'd fractured his leg. So, by running too fast. Yeah, by running. He's that fast. He's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Right? <laughs> Um, I don't think that ever happened to Sonic the Hedgehog, but that would be like a I mean, cool, I would dark, assume gritty he actually reboot. injured it, like jumping off of something, and then like yeah, like did the final, you know, like whatever running or turning too fast or kind of rolled it wrong after it was already sort of fractured. Yeah, um, right. Uh, but who knows? But uh, yeah, so well, he's having a rough time. I'm, do- I'm babysitting now, nursing him the whole time. <laughs> well, we all wish him the best, and and yeah. people listening, this is why you should never ever exercise. Never exercise. It's so it's dangerous. It's so bad for you it's, and dangerous. It's so dangerous. I should have never left the crazy fool off the leash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but all right. With, with that being said, let's get into the let's get into some real stuff. Let's uh, let's talk about some games. I'm ready. It's time, everybody. This is episode 41 of the Tech Yet Games podcast. I'm here with their wonderful co-host, Leo. Thank you for having me, as always. And I'm Tony, and we're uh, going to get this done. Let's talk about some games. It's Halloween tonight. It's a very Ooh. spooky. It's a very spooky time in uh, the gaming industry. <laughs> it is kind of in more <laughs> ways kinda, than one. Yeah, it is kind of kind of terrifying. But uh, but uh, yeah. So in honor of Halloween, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little different. All right. Okay. Everyone knows I don't like horror games. So if I did a horror trivia, it would be pretty lame. Well, so it would be it would feel forced because you'd be like, I looked it up, and I yeah. guess this is the best thing. I don't know. So my trivia question is going to be kind of open ended today. Okay, no wrong answers, maybe. Wow, um, I don't know if I've ever heard you say that before. My question is, Leo, what's your favorite horror game? Oh, wow! I feel like you're still going to get me somehow. I might be setting you up, but that's okay. Just <laughs> go with it. I mean, I think the the obvious answer is probably one of the Silent Hills. Probably either two or three. Probably two, but they're all three. All three of those games are so like closely intertwined, not just thematically, but like also in my heart. And uh, so it's hard to choose between the three. But I'd say yeah, one of the original Silent Hills. Probably two, if I had to choose. Amazing music, cool story. It so looks. So you weren't going to say Resident Evil two, huh? 
Resident Evil Two is is not really a horror game. It's more of a puzzle game. I would say. I, I agree. Personally. So that but but that does get tricky because my favorite meaning the scariest because it's probably neither of those. I don't know what the scariest game would be. Oh, PT is the scariest game for sure. Yeah, Resident Evil Two is so not scary that I can play it. That's how you know it's not an <laughs> yeah. actual horror game. Like it's it's, it's moody stressful. and it's stressful and it's scary at times. Like, but yeah, it's not. It's not a horror game. It's very easy. It's just an action game, a puzzle yeah. action game, right? Like, I yeah, don't it's think a puzzle any, action game with very. There's nothing dark. scarier in Resident Evil than there is. Like, if you replace zombies with like enemy soldiers, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, it would feel like any other. It would game be would... very. It'd be a weird game because there'd be like people shooting at you. But no, I hear your point. As far as like, as far as the actual gameplay, it's not. It's not really predicated on. There's Some, no psychological horror. Yeah. It's just like how much violence and. And it is scary in that you'll turn the corner and a zombie will be eating you. But it's more just, like you said, it could be a lion and it would be just as scary. Yeah, there's plenty of games where a bad guy is on the other side of that door. Like, yeah. you know, so him totally. being a zombie doesn't necessarily make it terrifying to me. Well, but. that's kind of how all the Resident Evil games are, too. Like, even the original, which people always talk about as being scary, and it was, but it's the same thing. It wasn't really, like, actually scary. The music's, you know, dark and it's moody and it's violent, but it's not actually... It's not really horror. It, it yeah. never was. It's more like, ah, oh, you got me with that one. Like a I mean, like a slasher movie versus like you know Jacob's Ladder or something. Yeah, I mean, it scared me because it was the first like like three D kind of horror game. Like it felt so real. Like it looks so dumb yeah. now, right? But at the time, it felt so like visceral because of what was available at the time. No, totally. I think it was scary in that it was jump, but it wasn't horror. Yeah, when those dogs sort of a, the window, man. No, for my, sure. I like was I almost quit gaming at that. I point. think a whole, <laughs> and, and we're also glad you didn't. I think yeah. there was a whole generation of people who were totally freaked out by that. And yeah, I, everyone, but I think will, it was more just like, wait, you can do this in games now? Oh shit! Everyone my age will tell you about those dogs jumping through that window. You know, yeah. like it's such a, a not a, like a, a moment in in gaming of that era. But yeah, I remember in the remake, they the dogs didn't jump through, but they kind of made it seem like they were going to. That which was kind of clever yeah and then yeah. later i think some like crows busted through a, a similar window that sounds terrifying see i that... could be wrong correct me if i'm wrong but i know they played with that scare a little bit because they remembered it was so deeply etched in everyone's brain. yeah i tried to play outlast on the new egg stream and i lasted like 20 minutes like yeah. that game is actually really scary it is scary the only problem is with those games outlast in particular and actually quite a few games like this is they're only scary the first like t- three times and either then you either are just repeating it to figure out what the correct answer is, because those are basically movement puzzle games, or you just keep seeing the same death animation over and over, and it pretty quickly goes from scary to annoying. Yeah, uh, because I will there's say, nothing less scary than repetition. There's a section like underground with these like sewer pipes where you're mm-hmm. like the dude's chasing you, and you're like gotta hide, then like open these different valves. Yeah, and that took me a bunch of tries. And, you know, by the second or third try, I was just like, this is dumb. Like, there's no horror, there's no horror left in this for me. It's now yeah. just like like the, this dumb, bad puzzle section. But, yeah, no, totally. That, those yeah. games kind of suffer from that. I think the first, like, two or three times, and depending on how you play it, you can kind of preserve it. But I don't find those to be super effective. It's more like watching a really scary movie. Well, I feel like that's kind of true of... I, think, I mean, I think it's one of my... I don't like horror because, like... I get scared, right? Like, I get anxious. Like, that's another lie. I'm not trying to pretend, like, oh, they're just yeah. bad. No, but, no, for sure. Um, I think horror games suffer from, like, you get a 30 minute or an hour that is, like, strong and scares you a lot. But, like, the third time you run by that dead body, you're just kind of, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not, 
fine you're probably gonna get up you know what i mean like you're Mm -hmm. probably like i probably shouldn't just walk by you willy-dilly right like like you really kind of start to understand uh what what's what's happening there and i think that's i think that's why really good good scary things are so like diverse and mixed up and that's it's kind of what gives them value i totally agree i think that's one of the reasons silent hill again especially the first three or four uh, are are so interesting because they kind of they kind of suffer from that a little bit, but the atmosphere and the art direction and the music is so like overwhelmingly sad and like disturbing on such a fascinating level that even when you're just walking around and you know nothing, there's no danger. It's still just so crushingly sad and like disturbing that it's always horrifying. And there's babies with knives in the first one, yeah, which they never quite explain. I mean, but I, I think even that. Babies. Even the enemies got a little more interesting as the series went on. But, uh, yeah, I think that's why they stand out is they're just sad and horrifying all the time, even so, when there's no danger. So Silent Hill is your top horror game. Your, your, your yeah, I think one. so. It'd be hard to choose between two and three. But, yeah, I think I think PT is probably the scariest, but it's so short that it doesn't really feel fair to compare it. I can't even watch people play PT. It's so like, it's so scary. That's probably the scariest <laughs> I thing I think that humanity has ever created, as far as like horror or like traditional horror. I think it's probably the scariest thing. It's scarier than any movie, and it's short and it's so effective. It's, it's what's crazy. it's what makes me so excited about uh, Death Stranding, right? Yeah, like, which is coming out so soon. I know it's the the psychological like. The fact, like the the way that this like unhint like this unattached Kojima can like can like manipulate these psychological switches like Mm -hmm. that that may or may not hit in this game but like if he can do something like he did the pt then you know it's just such so exciting to think i mean i hate horror so i didn't get to experience that so i'm really interested in experiencing it in a different way and it seems like this is a collaborative way you know yeah no for sure i'm so excited and the fact yeah the last thing he did was pt despite its sort of sad history it certainly speaks highly of him and and kind of where he's at right now yeah, so the right answer was actually the System Shock series for a horror game. Oh. Uh, as usual, you were wrong. But um, <laughs> How the hell do you know? Have you played the two System Shock games? Yeah, I've actually played the System Shock games. Oh, really? Uh, and they were, I, I don't I was young and dumb and, oh, I don't know, willing to play them for some reason. But I remember them being very good and very scary. That's kind of the extent of my knowledge of them. Well, I'll say, I have a few things to say with that. I recently played through System Shock 2. It might have been while we were doing this so i might have already talked about it but if not i played through it fairly recently because as most people know bioshock is probably my favorite game ever made you talk about a lot i do because it's very important to me so but the one before that the same director you know it's it's the spiritual predecessor was system shock 2 Uh, and to some degree system shock 1 but that's a different director and it's it's quite a bit older so it's pretty obtuse and it's really almost impenetrable for modern audiences myself included the first one yeah but the second one's basically just Bioshock in space. Well, I guess it's like Dead Space before Dead Space. Uh, and it's much more accessible. It's still somewhat archaic, but but it's so good. It's really scary, and the writing is awesome. And for the time, it looks amazing. And the atmosphere, you know, those things that Bioshock does and that good horror games do is totally there. So you don't consider Bioshock a horror game? I do, I guess. I mean, that's that's where it gets tricky. Like, I don't find it scary anymore, but that's probably because I played it a lot. And I find... The stuff I really like about it is not how violent it is. Although I think that's well done and it adds to it and it's an important part of its heart. But that's not the part that really intrigues me. So I guess in my own mind, I don't consider it a horror above all else. I feel like every game is kind of a horror game and yeah. like at times. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
I think PUBG is a horror game sometimes. Yes, I can definitely be horrified. You know, just like the, you know, it's that anxiety, like that tension of like, mm-hmm. you know, just listening and being like, what, what is that that I hear? Is it coming? Is it going? Where is it? You know, like, like that happens to me a ton in shooters and especially BRs, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of where I prefer to get those jollies because at least they, those images don't disturb you at night when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a really good point. But, uh, like, yeah, I'm a video big game is... of horror games. If, if you guys haven't figured that out, <laughs> I think you're right. Though most most horror games are sort of predicated, or all video games are predicated on like challenge, and yeah. inherent in challenge is like the the challenge of failure, which is often anxiety. Yeah, like inducing that kind of anxiety state or. Or like a, a frustration fail state, right? Like there's there's got to mm-hmm. be some type of like uh, fail emotion that's strong to have like a positive correlation, like for victory. Yep. So you know, I think that's why people like love like Souls games, right? Because it's so mm-hmm. frustrating, and uh, and that makes winning or like finishing a fight feel so good. You know, it's it's uh, I remember fighting a, like Orange Team and Smo so many times and losing so many times, and that one time you finally win, you finally squeak it out. Like yeah. you really feel like a hero, right? Like, and I think that's kind of that same like trigger. Would you consider the Souls games horror games? They get pretty dark and creepy, and they touch on some pretty dark stuff, don't they? Yeah, I, I mean, know I would say does. that they're kind of action horror. You know, like uh, it definitely has a lot of the tropes that would be in horror games. You know, like there's there's some dark shit and there's definitely horrific creatures and, um, and, and jump scares and things popping out to kill you. But, um, the thing to me is I don't, I feel like it's not, um, I think the thing for me with horror games is I feel like that they're kind of the staple of them is this like constant, uh, anxiety state, you know, like, uh, like jump scares and then false jump scares and then jump scare and then two false jump scares, you know, like, uh, like, like kind of constantly kind of triggering you with that um where i feel like dark souls you kind of i don't want to say you see them coming but like you know you're deep and in danger when those things come for you you know yeah. like it's it's not uh it's not a surprise even when it is if i guess yeah. that makes sense well I, yeah i think that describes bioshock pretty well too like there are occasional jump scares but it's really especially by the end you're pretty powerful and it is sort of a power fantasy and so it doesn't feel to me like, despite the pretty horrific imagery and the violence, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a horror game. Yeah, with the Souls games, you like you know you're in the shit. Like you made it through the guards or whoever was, you know, yeah. in the in the beginning of this zone. You're you're deep in the bowels, right? And like you're creeping along this this ledge, you know, and um, and you know something's gonna kill you. You just don't know where it's gonna come from, and that's kind of. Um, it it feels somewhat fair in that way like you yeah. know like like you know like oh like i, I went too fast like yeah. of course what have guy, i done yeah of course <laughs> this guy popped out and kicked me off the ledge like like <laughs> something was gonna kill me here of course this is dark souls but that's funny uh, yeah and which i think is what's fun about it have you ever played a game that you were not expecting something horrible horrifying to be in and then you kind of encounter it and you're like what the hell that's always weird it is weird i feel like dust Stranding is going to be that for sure i suspect you're right um, cause even like, even, um, um, uh, Metal Gear, uh, solid five yeah. kind of had these weird, I don't want to call them horror sections, you know, but like these strange paranormal kind of, um, anxiety inducing, like run away from these like super creature kind of yeah. moments, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think it's something similar like that. 
yeah, we know he, you know, we know he can do horror when he wants. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head any other ones, but I know that that is kind of a thing and pretty common. I do kind of enjoy that, right? Like, especially when it's earned, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's kind of like dabbling your toes. I always think of, and again, this is going to seem so archaic to anyone who's younger, but I remember playing Mario sixty four, and there's the the ghost level, mm-hmm. and it's not scary by any standard, but compared to the rest of the game, it's extremely dark, and the music's like very un Mario. And even by comparison to like the vanilla ghost houses and in the Super Nintendo ones, or you know, there's always been the ghost levels. This one seems way more intense and kind of dark. And I remember even when I was little, being like, "What is going on here?" And there's no other level like that in the game. It's just that one. It's like it's like they brought in an intern to design this level, and he was like a super goth dude, and he only got to do it once. But they're like, "Let's keep it." It was very interesting. Or maybe he was just like what happens to all these goombas man where do they go right like they gotta go somewhere there's so many things dying in this world where do where do they where do they end up you know they can't all hell of the mushroom kingdom they can't all go up the rainbow road some of them have to end up in hell (laughs) some have to fall off the rainbow road (laughs) this is where they end up (laughs) it is (laughs) what are all those boos what were they before you know valid question yeah. yeah, were they mushrooms? Were they Goombas? Oh my Ma- god. Mario's a dark world. It's a very dark world. <laughs> it can be. I think, I think again, it's a Nintendo thing, but Zelda too, occasionally will just veer off into very dark places for no reason, and it's always kind of like, oh, okay. Jeez. Yeah, Majora's Mask is a horror game, and it might yeah, be the, whole, the that's best true. horror game. <laughs> the whole game. But even like in Orcrate of Time, that creepy-ass enemy in the well. I know yeah. every, he's kind of a meme now, but he really is creepy as hell. And I remember a lot of stuff in Zelda is very creepy. Yeah, very creepy, and almost more so because it feels so out of left field. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think that's a that's a good place to stop for Tony's terrible trivia, so we can jump into the Final Fantasy fifteen, my friend. Woo! Everyone's favorite fifteen minutes, uh, where we talk about all things Final Fantasy. Yeah, for fifteen long minutes. Uh, so <laughs> fifteen very, very long. Have you been playing any uh, Final Fantasy this week? Honestly, I haven't. I played a little bit, just a tiny bit. I'm just slowly poking through Heaven's Word, and I think I talked about this last yeah, time. I've, I've uh, been playing as a Dark Knight a little bit, but other oh, than that, oh, I've good. been playing another game we'll talk about later. Another game we'll talk about later? Ooh. Um, I've been playing just a little bit, too, this week. It's been uh, kind of a crazy week for me, yeah. uh, not just with my dog like busting himself up, but... Uh, <laughs> But I did also play another game through the weekend and uh, was visiting family during the week, so it's been kind of hard. But yeah. um, one thing I did want to talk about about Final Fantasy was the Final Fantasy 15 Near Automata raid. Uh, oh, which just 14. Came out. Yeah. I don't know why I said 15. Yeah, Final Fantasy 14. It gets confusing. <laughs> well, we chose a really bad name for this in the well. context of talking about other final true, fantasies true it is confusing for us <laughs> i mean listeners gotta have no idea what we're talking about when we say it but <laughs> it makes sense when you think about it um yeah but so the near the near automata raid came out which looks awesome i'm super sad we're not going to get to do it because it's for uh people at the end of the msq that are level 80 uh, which is very sad because we are not there yeah i'm um, not even close Closer but, than I was. Closer than you were. But it looks super cool. It does. Uh, I watched some gameplay of it. Um, and I think my favorite thing is you get um, you get drops for near Automata clothes. Which, yeah. that game's all about fashion. I mean, I think it's Let's the most important. It's the most important thing in Final Fantasy XIV is fashion. And, uh, and I need some of these outfits. They are sick. 
And I feel like my character would be feel right at home in those outfits. And apparently the drop rates are super friendly and it's like, uh, you know, they really want people to enjoy it. Again, I haven't played it either. I'm nowhere near it, but yeah. So I guess cool. it's a bunch of the near robots that are dungeon, some dwarves find some, uh, uh, one of those like robot facilities with uh two P is the antagonist yeah. there, not two B. Uh, so I'm hoping at some point they all yell B as gods and jump off of cliffs and stuff. I'm sure they do. Because that's, you know, that just makes me happy and sad for some reason. Yeah, also, that's kind of how the whole game was. I also hope the robots have sex again. I like That was one of my favorite parts, too. <laughs> that was funny when they're, like, trying to awkwardly, this is what sex is, right? Yeah, oh. one robot was performing cunnilingus on another robot. Yeah. I was and like... They, and very badly. Yeah, but still he was getting it. And I gotta say, like, <laughs> g- good on you. Like, I think that... It was inspiring. I feel like that that's kind of gone out of fashion in some ways, right? And uh, with like DJ Khaled saying he doesn't do it, but robots will do it. Yeah. So, so I'm all Something for it. More like the robots. But uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was cool though. Like I just like the fact they did it that they brought in this this whole other franchise and and I, you know Final Fantasy 14. One of the reasons I like it is it's pretty. It can be very goofy. Yeah, it, it can be serious too, and I think it takes itself seriously to some degree. But it's. It is not afraid to be goofy. As always, we always talk about the stupid cars from Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, they had you a 15 event as well. just see people driving was... through this beautiful like fantasy field. It's so dumb and annoying, but they're not afraid to break the fourth wall quite a lot. And this is a good example of that. Yeah, I will say, like, despite the dumb cars, there were parts of Heaven's Sword that made you want to cry, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, it's uh, it's can be very powerful and yet very, very silly. Yeah, but, like Metal uh, Gear Solid, kind of the same thing. It can be so serious and profound and also so stupid, and there's no reason something can be both. Well, if you do want to play the uh, raid, you can always buy a progression book. You know, those are available from the MOG station. How, uh, how much are they? Uh, so for all of it, for so you can buy three different ones, right? So one that'll just finish Realm Reborn, that's $11. One that'll I could see that Heaven's. being worth it. <laughs> One that'll do up through Heaven Sword, which is eighteen dollars, and then one, crazy. and then one that'll do up through Stormblood, which is twenty five dollars. So that would put you at the beginning of Shadowbringers. Uh, okay. Um, the problem with that is it doesn't level your character up. So what would be the point then? Uh, well, because then you can spend twenty five dollars and level up <laughs> your character. <laughs> duh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that just seems odd to me. And then also, if so, if you level up your character to let's say fifty. Uh-huh. And then you went back and did the main story quest. That would be hilarious. Like it would be you could power through that pretty quickly. Like the first, you know, 100 yeah, well, hours of, it, of the game would be very easy. Most of it's going to scale you down. But oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot it does do that. At least all the duties and stuff will, you know, like you won't have any of your abilities for them. That sounds uh, like a shitty way to play the game. It does seem like a shitty way to play the game. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess people kind of level independently of the quest often because of the nature of the job system. Yeah, you know? we, like, we just don't. Yeah, we're so casual that we don't understand the intricacies of leveling your Final Fantasy fourteen character. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that seems like a ripoff, and I will never do that. Yeah, Especially it seems <laughs> like a, it seems weird to like force people to pay to skip part of the game. Like that does seem very. Not just silly to a consumer, but whatever, if that's what you want to do. It seems odd to charge so much to allow someone the privilege of skipping to the part of the game they're paying for every month that they want to play. 
Especially when so much of that game is the main story quest. Like, yeah, it's and a the lot of game. it's filler. I love the game, but a lot of it is not necessary. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's really bad. But yeah. Yeah, it is it is kind of the whole game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, That's why it seems strange to me, because it's like... They should just make it a lot cheaper, honestly. I'd feel a lot better about that. They're like, hey, we, we want to put some barrier of entry. Otherwise, it could just totally screw up everything. But just make it like 10 bucks to choose your level or something. They should also just limit the length of the main story quest. They should also, yeah. They need to cut it down. It's crazy. Yeah. I came close from time to time. And I'm glad I didn't. Like, I enjoyed it, obviously. But that just seems really expensive, especially for a game that's charging you every month. Like, hey, I want to play it this way. And I'm paying you every month. Really? I have to pay you more to experience the parts I want to play? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the parts of that game... I feel like I would lose a lot of what, like, I'm really into in that game if I didn't play through the main story quest, right? Like, if I didn't know the Scions and yeah. um, kind of understand the sacrifices that were made in the story, yeah. uh, I feel like it would all feel a lot cheaper to me, you know, mm-hmm. which I think would be a real shame. Yeah, no, for sure. There's no doubt about it. I uh, guess you... if you had already made a character, or if you were making a new character for some reason, I don't know why you would, because can't you just change your appearance and class and everything? But if for some reason you want to make a new character... Like, I could see that right now if I lost my account somehow, and let's say money wasn't a... I, I, I don't think I would do it even so, but then at least it would make sense. Like, I'm trying to catch back up to where I was, but that's the only context I can imagine it being. Yeah, I would assume option. for most people, it's like, I have friends playing this, I don't want to play through them. I, I mean, leveling's not that hard. You know, like, it, it takes time. It can be tedious, but... You could definitely out-level the main story quest pretty quickly if that's all you were For concerned sure. with. So I, I imagine what it is is you know people have friends playing and you know, they're willing to spend the fifty bucks or their friend will buy it for them or something, right, to get them uh, up to pace with where they are. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I also that's, think that, that's true. I also think these are outdated systems that kind of were based on uh, like pre-expansions and just keep getting added to post-expansion, and you know like haven't really been addressed in how they how they perform or what they they actually do in the game you know yeah it's a, it's kind of a relic yeah it's a very square thing to do is to just like keep selling these things even though they functionally work very strange you know yeah no yeah you're right that's uh, true because people will buy them anyway yeah all right anything else you want any other final fantasy news you want to talk about before we uh move on there, I was thinking earlier this week about how there has been no news as far as like any new Final Fantasy at all, as far as I know, which is kind yeah. of odd. It's I don't remember last time it's been like years since the last mainline Final Fantasy, and there hasn't even been any rumblings. All it is is the MMO and the remake, which is not something I'm excited about at all. No, I'm not excited about it all either. And I think 7 Remake <laughs> is kind of where all the eggs are going right now. I don't think 16 is even like in the works. Yeah, it does suck. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think 15 was a real failure for them, right? Like, I think it sold reasonably well. But I think uh, as far as response and um, what was required post-launch on that game and all the delays, I think that they really saw that as a as a real failure in their portfolio as far as what it cost to make, you know, yeah. and, and, and how it came out. Yeah. And uh, so I assume they're pretty nervous about... Um, st- working like or at least announcing anything on one of these projects again i'm sure there's something cooking right but yeah actually talking about it i'm sure is terrifying for them yeah i think you're totally right i agree i think 15 was sort of a blow in in different ways to their own like internal systems and 
how they thought about themselves and also and just like what they thought final fantasy was you know what i mean like especially after like 14 launched really bad yeah uh, got fixed and is much better it's actually i hear it's bigger than than wow now as far as subscribers um but uh you know even 13 was not that well received uh you know they haven't had a real hit on their hands probably since like 10 right i think 12 was reasonably popular but i think i feel like 10 is the last one that was truly well received yeah and 10 was the last one that was like essentially universally lauded is like oh finances doing it again even 12 yeah. which i liked was different enough that people were like what and even 10 had its issues but it was sure, still yeah they all know, have issues except everyone nine. except nine yeah everyone really had a, a soft spot for 10 so yeah. uh so, you know, I, I just feel like that they're not sure about that formula anymore, and I think that is a shame. I feel like Final Fantasy games are such an event and so important to the space. So, uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed something we get something good out of them. I'm hoping. And I think, yeah, the fact that 14 is now so successful is good, obviously, but it's also, I wonder if that's also making them think more about, like, oh, our only very, very successful game is a huge MMO. Yeah. I can see why that would throw another wrench in their plans, but yeah, we'll see. I'll probably be 50 by the time we get a new mainline Final Fantasy, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope it's good, too. <laughs> I hope it's good, too. All right. Well, with that done, let's uh, take a short break, and okay. then we'll be back with the rest of the show. And we're back. Thank you guys for uh, letting us do a little ad in the middle there. Yeah. Um, we appreciate your time. Uh, but what we haven't done yet is talk about what we played this week. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one game we both played a lot of that's probably going to be this topic as a whole. But Leo, what have you played this What's week? Ga- it's the game that's sweeping the nation by storm, but not Russia. <laughs> um, I've been playing the new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. I've also been playing the new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Uh, did you beat the campaign yet? I did not. I got uh, pretty far into it. I should. We should probably say we might be delving this spoiler territory. I know you're further than I am, so it's kind of your call. But I'm gonna spoil this whole thing for everybody. So, yeah. So there you go. And the campaign, I will say, is awesome. Especially, I think it's really good compared to the last one I played, which was World War II, which I think was the last one there was, which sucked so much. This is really. It's not perfect, but it's so much better. I say that so you know it. If you're not interested in spoilers, uh, you know, maybe you could put some sort of indicator in. But yeah, if it you is don't, an awesome campaign. So I, I totally get it if you don't want it spoiled. If you don't want to hear spoilers, you could shut it down for a little while. You already listened to the ad. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can turn it off now if you want. I don't really care. But uh, I'll try and be gentle around spoilers. But I'm definitely going to get into some. Because I think there's some that are kind of controversial and worth talking yeah. about uh, while they're relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? Are you aware of kind of the drama with the Road to Hell mission? Yes. Yeah, so, I actually just recently played that one. I played that one and then the a really interesting one where he plays a little girl and yeah i did do some research on on why people are upset about it and it does seem like an odd an oddly simplistic overstep like i don't know why they did that like i don't know what the advantage was or why i mean i know like a silly mistake it's a silly thing right because you know just call it something else or whatever right just make it allegorical that's all you'd have to do yeah, it's already like a fictitious nation that we all know is Syria. Like, yeah, um, like all these things are loosely tied to real events. So just like stick with it, right, and yeah. stay loose, giving it a real name. So if you're listening, there's a there's a, a mission in the game. It's called Road to Hell, right, or Highway to Hell, Road to Hell. I think it's Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell. Um, and 
in that mission, you're basically um, overlooking a, a highway that comes out of this fictitious, uh, not Syrian nation, um, yeah. awaiting a, a terrorist that's leaving the country or leaving the city. And um, part of the backstory for this is that this highway to hell is called such because as people were evacuating the city, uh, Russians had uh, bombed out the road, killing all the evacuees. Uh, the reality of the situation is that this is actually referencing the highway to hell out of Kuwait that Americans had bombed as people were trying to evacuate out of that uh, city. Uh, and so it's very, um, it's just very strange, right? Uh, people are accusing them of kind of like whitewashing or uh, revising history. Um, I don't know if it's any, Highway of Death is what it was called. Uh, okay. uh, I don't know if there's... I mean, I don't think it's that um, sinister, right? I think they took a very, um, pr like, a prominent kind of horror war story um, and kind of tried to weave it into this narrative they were telling and um, didn't think about it, right? Like, just, I mean, I don't know how no one saw this coming, but... Uh, you know, yeah. I don't think they were trying to revise history or try. You no, know what I, I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think, think there either. was some plot. Well, what I find fascinating about it is I, I agree. That's why it's so mystifying to me. Because if it wasn't intentional, which I agree, it didn't feel like it was, then it's just a really dumb mistake. And and again, what I find mystifying about it is this is not a game that's in any way backing away from serious themes. Like, they tackle some really dark stuff, and it's all very pro-America and pro-military, and that's kind of, like, par for the course with Call of Duty, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that, as long as they're not actively kind of pushing that narrative into places where it doesn't belong. Or, um, yeah, or making it seem too, um, it's not very glorious, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's pro-military, and it's like, these are the things we gotta get done, right? Yeah, and they're, everyone's very, very cool who doesn't. Yeah. But it is also all very ugly, yeah. And um, yeah, more so than it ever has been. I think. I think the doesn't last feel, one that it was... doesn't feel good, right? Like yeah. a, you know, like a lot of it feels very bad. Yeah, and I think that's cool, and I think it's awesome they're exploring that space. That's why this stands out so dramatically. Is like, what? Why? Like, it's not like they're whitewashing everything or trying to make everything like the last one that I keep talking about, World War II. That's that was my complaint with it. It was so saccharine and simplistic, and like. America, and this is this is a little more complicated than that. And like you said, they kind of lean into the horrors of war in a way that I think is actually pretty compelling and interesting. And that almost makes this seem even more mystifying because it's not like they don't know. So why did they do this? I just can't figure out why. I mean, I think that there's probably simple. Um, there's probably very simple reasoning behind it, right? I, I assume, or who knows, right? It could be as simple as like a young person wrote this, you know what I yeah. mean? Or at least wrote this, this area or this small section of it. It could be that it, it was, they'd written, written as America first. And that kind of killed the narrative of the, like the, the game itself. You know what I mean? And they're like, Oh, just change it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it could have been like, Oh, we'll just adjust that. Yeah. And they didn't really think about what that meant when they did it. You know what I mean? Um, cause it'd be hard to be kind of sympathetic towards this American, um, when Russia's the enemy and, and you know what I mean? Like I, I could see that being kind of the issue. That would have been I, awesome though. It, it would have been, I don't think it would have been bad. I think it would have been narratively, um, hard to write around more difficult to write around than what it was. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. Because a lot of it's written. Like, I, I think this game's good, and I think it's fun, and I think it's interesting in a lot of ways. But, you know, a lot of the um, beats or, like, the character development is very much like, oh, here's a cutscene. Now these guys like yeah. each other. Here's a cutscene. Now these guys are homie. You know, like, it, it's just it, 30 seconds, and people's relationships totally change. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's not like you get this like running narrative and this deep no. understanding of people. It's still it's still very much a Call of Duty game. Yeah. I think it's it's Call of Duty at its best in most ways, which is nice to see because I think really good Call of Duty can be a lot of fun and also it can you know explore interesting things. But yeah, you're totally right. It's still it's still very much a Call of Duty game. If you've played any of them before, even the space ones, you'll instantly be familiar with like the progression and how they write, for better or worse. Yeah, and I think it's hard also at the same time to say the city was gassed by Russians, right? Which is one of the missions, right? Like, yeah. it was kind of the 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 beginning of this resistance force, right? Mm-hmm. That the city was somehow gassed by Russians, but at the same time was being bombed by Americans. You know what I mean? Like, I, so so I, the solution there is just don't call it the road to hell, right? Just keep yeah. it out of it. But, you know, I think that that's kind of where, like, the wrong... The wrong historical kind of piece got tied in and um they they backed out of it the wrong way i think it's kind of you know in my in my opinion but who knows it was definitely an oversight and it was definitely not great yeah i think yeah it just it does sort of make the rest of it harder to take as seriously for some reason i'm not exactly sure why i think just because it feels much more like it feels a little bit more like propaganda and i'm not saying it is but i i am saying that like the very pro-America narrative, which, again, is totally fine to explore if that's the story you want to tell. It feels like this really makes it even more blatant in a way that kind of makes the rest of it lose its teeth, sort of. Yeah, it's very just easy to see how people that want to accuse these games of being, you know, military recruitment uh, yeah. games and that they're, um, you know, paid for by uh, the government and military it's very easy to see how that this fits that narrative and kind of gives those people um, credence, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that's true. I think they're just trying yeah, to sell games to make a bunch of money. Yeah, I think they're and they're clearly very good at it. And this is the best one I've played in a long time. It was the best selling one uh, in this generation. So that's crazy. It, it killed it over the weekend. It sold a ton. I played so much of it. I think it's really good. Did you so you real quick before we get away from the single player because there's a lot more to talk about. Did you did you beat the single player campaign? Yeah, I beat the single player campaign. And overall, you you were a fan of it compared to other ones. I liked it. I think uh, I think it ended a little weak as far as um, just kind of the things you do with the in the last missions. But I do feel like that there are some real standout missions uh, mingled in there that uh, kind of make up for that. And I don't mean weak isn't they're bad. They're just kind of uh, samey towards the end, you know. It's, yeah. it's There's no like, uh, you know, this is the last mission. I'm gonna do something crazy. It's a lot of, you know, run around, shoot all these dudes, move to the next area, shoot all these dudes, yeah. uh, which is fine. Um, yeah, I think that part's actually is. really good, you know. But, uh, but it would be it'd be cool if there's more of that kind of uh, AC130 kind of, yeah. you know, stuff. Uh, but there are some fun sections of that as well, like the using one with the the drones where you fly them into the helicopters. I thought was really fun. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, there's, the chop- no, there's been there's been sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. 
there's definitely been some missions that I think stand out as really interesting. And, and I think the two that come to mind are, this isn't really spoilers, but you do play as a young girl who is caught in a bombing and, uh, and you play it from her perspective, like waking up in a pile of rubble. And that could have been really dumb and shittily handled. And it got kind of weird towards the end. Again, I'm not trying to do spoilers, but I think the whole sequence where you're like getting out of rubble was really amazingly done. And really, yeah, they put a lot of detail into it that they didn't have to. And I think that was an example of like, wasn't Americans who did this, but we all know that we America has done stuff like that. And it was cool to see. It wasn't from the perspective of a soldier digging her out and saving this helpless girl. Um, and that was cool. That felt new. There was also yeah. the, the first uh, night vision goggle sequence where you're going through the house. That was really intense. And I thought very well done and really... Um, yeah, it was cool. It was not just cool because it looked so amazing and felt very interesting, but it was. It felt like it was saying something. And I, yeah, I, I feel like clearing the house is a really great mission. That mission yeah. is good. All the night vision missions. There's another one later in the game that's also really good, where you infiltrate a town and you have to go into like, you can take these houses in any order you want. But basically, I think that's it's like, the one I'm on now. It's basically like search these houses, and you're you're just creeping around. You're shooting out all the lights. Like they kind of know you're there. Yeah. But they don't know where you are because you're like killing all the breakers and shooting all the lights out. And so it makes this really fun, like jump in the window, blast out all the lights, do some combat, jump out into the yeah. pool house, you know, thing that, that feels really fun. Um, and that clearing the house mission is great. Like that, that's one of those missions where it's like, it's very gritty. Um, and I think, I think something that this game does really well. And I, I, that I felt really was uh, kind of a powerful, uh, message is like uh, even in like the Piccadilly mission, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to tell like who's who's the bad guys, right? Like, yeah. like there's this this level of chaos evolved in a lot of these missions because um, you're fighting with rebels and you're fighting against uh, you know like non-military combatants and um, there's just this constant kind of who am I fighting? Like, who am I supposed to be shooting at here? Am yeah. I? I'm making mistakes. I know I'm killing civilians trying to like do the right thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that this kind of like justifies like that kind of stuff happening, but it's just, it just shows like the fucked up chaos that like, that like combat is like, there's no glory in this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's gross and it's messed up and it's nothing to be, um, it's something to be proud of in a way. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm, I'll do respect. I think people that serve in the military should be very proud of serving their country and, and providing freedoms for us and, and, and doing jobs. I definitely would not want to do to uh, kind of protect certain liberties we have, but you know, in, in, in these scenarios, and I think these are very specific, unique scenarios. uh, It's very ugly and uncivil and, um, and scary, you know what I mean? Uh, and I feel like it does a good job of kind of making you feel that as you don't know where the gunfire is coming from and you don't know if you should take the shot, you know? And I think that's really good. Like, I think it's really good, well done. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's still, um, yeah. It, again, I just keep talking about the last one just as a comparison because I just played it and also it came out fairly recently. And that just had none of that complexity whatsoever. All the Nazis were just like evil mustache twirling villains, which, you know, fuck Nazis, obviously. But it's like a... It is kind of cool to have a slightly more subtle story told and 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 pretending all that stuff doesn't exist, I think, wouldn't really fly in 2019. And, uh, yeah, I think it's cool they even went there at all. They probably didn't have to. 
and and maybe it's a little too intentionally edgy at times like they're trying a little too hard occasionally but even that's like hey man at least they're trying at least they're doing something different that i haven't seen in a war game yeah they definitely lean hard and sometimes to direct a manner but uh i think overall especially for you know, a mainstream game. It does yeah, a very good job. That's going to sell really well. Yeah. It's yeah, I bet, really it, well. I bet it'll make people think, which is cool. Probably not yeah. everyone, but I think it'll certainly make people think more than the last one, <laughs> which I respect. And it, and it is also fun to play. And I will which, say even their mistakes and even, um, you know, even their white phosphorus moments and their, uh, yeah. you know, road to hell and all these things, right? Like, like sure, it's it drives this kind of outrage engine and people get very upset and, you know like uh demand justice you know but but the reality is like those are good conversations to have you know like uh for better or worse i don't think any i don't think it means the game shouldn't be out or that they're doing something wrong but uh i think having those conversations and welcoming welcoming those things and understanding our history and the things that we've done as a country and i think those are all really positive important things to do I totally agree. What what's also funny too is how much this narrative and the single player experience is just in total opposition of the multiplayer experience, which is totally fair and valid. Of course it is, but there is something kind of funny about going from this very very dark, you know, occasionally gritty thing that feels like it is, you know, it's trying to say something to the multiplayer, which is fun as hell, but obviously has none of that. Nor should it necessarily, but it is quite a quite a dichotomy. So I've really enjoyed the multiplayer. I'm Me almost too. prestige right now. I'm at like 53, I think. Shit. Yeah, I think uh, I'm 20. So I've put in a few hours. I'm getting a lot better. But yeah, I still have a long way to go. Yeah, and actually I haven't played for the past few days because I've been dealing with this dog thing. And I just haven't kind of been into it. But um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's really good. I know a lot of people are upset that it's a little more campy than yeah. previous Call of Duties, but you know, you don't got like triple jump boots and super slides and Oh, you haven't you know. unlocked those yet? No, I haven't, I haven't unlocked those ones yet. They're but, perks. Uh, you can get them at level ten. <laughs> and it's Modern Warfare. I mean, Modern Warfare is very campy. You know, like I think people forget, you know, because it was so long ago. But um, oh yeah feels very similar to what those games were Mm -hmm. and um and you know i think what happens is people learn these maps and these uh, sight lines and um they learn how they can run around the maps but you know first week out you're not going to know and if you try running all over the map you're just going to get shot you know like i think that's well also the whole thing with camping especially in call of duty a there's a bunch of perks that you get that you can use to sort of counteract that which is cool if you want to also if you get killed by camper once you know where they are yeah and um i mean i think there's a slowness is a you know it's a it's a style of playing that game as well you know like um to somehow write it off as like no skill or whatever is i think uh very immature (laughs) i agree it's definitely more methodical than like black ops 4 which also like the multiplayer it was fun yeah but the ground more i think ground war is cool i mean gunfight is cool too gunfight is cool i think ground war is crazy i don't know if it's a good mode but it's fun to have you know yeah. like because uh, you got you know tanks and helicopters it's very battlefield right oh for sure yeah that was one of the modes i played the most in the beta um there's a lot i like about it i still think it's weird just fundamentally that the more you play the better your weapons get that just seems like fundamentally kind of silly because the more i play the better i get skill wise but also i'm just getting better because my guns are better which yeah, it's but the, I will say the reality is like the best guns you get early, right? Yeah. And and leveling those up does not take very long. So, 
you True. know, I would a couple hours in, you can have an M4 that's fully kitted out, which is arguably the best gun in the game. I mean, it definitely is the if you looked at like a tier list or something, it would definitely be at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're not missing out on very much if you're not, True. you know, leveling things out. What I, I think is weird that. is some of the daily missions seem almost impossible if you don't have certain things unlocked. Yeah. You know, like, but, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that part kind of, there is something annoying. I think it just means there's a weird learning curve, but you're totally right that you level very quickly and that is satisfying. And it is, it is funny. This happens every time I play Call of Duty game. I start off and I'm just so bad at it. And then you just, you just get better. Like the learning curve feels really well adjusted, at least for me personally. Like you start off, you're like, this game's fucking impossible. Everyone's mm-hmm. so good. I don't understand. Maybe this didn't happen to you. But, no, definitely. But then the more you play, you're just like, all of a sudden you get it and, and your reflexes get better. And I keep thinking like, I feel like a good way to help out old people would just be like, they play an hour of Call of Duty a day because your reflexes have to be super on point. And, uh. I really like that about it. It's very twitchy, and it seems very fair in a lot of ways. You definitely develop a level of sharpness uh, playing that game that, like, you probably wouldn't otherwise explore, right? Because no, for sure. It's like, where would you use this skill set otherwise? But uh, I agree. I mean, it definitely it's gratifying in so many ways, right? Like from the unlocks to the leveling up to uh, the skill curve. You know, mm-hmm. like like you can be getting owned all day, and then just kind of sink into the zone, get a feel for it, and go like 25-0 and 0 the very next game and yep. call out all your kill streaks and just like, you know, just feel like the king. And uh, and it feels earned in some way, right? Like it feels like, like oh, I figured this out. I cracked the code this game. I knew where it was coming from. Um, I kept it in front of me and I really like made it happen. And I think that feels great. Like I think there's just something so good about it. It does. And the, the TTK being so low or high or whatever, you die really fast. It's cool too because you just respawn so quickly again compared to something like Overwatch. It's like a, especially in those crazy battle modes, you just die and respawn instantly. So it's like a, you know, it's a little more mindless in a way because the penalty isn't as high, but it's also, you know, it's just more game to play. And it, it means like if you die, you don't get super upset because you just respawn and go back into it and try better this time. It's very yeah. well done. I do feel like, feel like some of the maps were designed uh, more around like search and destroy mode, like the the one life plant the bomb modes more so than like domination and team deathmatch. Yeah. Like uh, like I know like Piccadilly, like if you get if your team only has A, you're always going to spawn in this like alleyway, and you're going to yeah. get spawn camped, right? Like it seems like that's become the the whole thing now is like you give a team A and then you just. <laughs> murder them in a for the entire <laughs> take game all their, yeah, take yeah. Easy. um which is not great but you know i think it's a fun map for siege and destroy where you're not respawning and you're kind of working through all these buses with all these weird sight lines like yeah uh so you know i think there's some kind of balance to do around maps and stuff but all in all i think it's a great game i really enjoy modern warfare i think it's really fun um i would recommend people to buy it uh co-op is pretty broken so i would say probably don't play that yet. Uh, hopefully, that yet. hopefully it will get fixed. I basically have not been able to finish a game yet, either wow. through crashes because like their net code or uh, it crashes or people like drop in and out and you can't finish it. It seems impossibly <laughs> hard sometimes. Like, uh, like the enemies will just spawn forever all around you. Like they're not coming from one direction. It's just like you know, it's you're... like real war, man. 
Wow. Well, I don't know. Like you're looking, like you're, <laughs> you shoot a guy behind a tree. You turn, you shoot a guy behind another tree, and there's like two new guys behind the first tree, and it's yeah. like how, how? I guess they just spawn behind the tree. Sounds um, like Nam. It's just like it's just like that time in Nam, right? <laughs> uh, that we both totally experienced. Yeah, but it, so it it doesn't. I don't. Know, I haven't been able. To, I'm feel like I'm decent at that game, and I've not been able to finish those co-op missions. Interesting. But, yeah, I haven't tried them yet. But uh, all in all, I think it's a great game. It's got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of value in it. It does. It feels big, too. And, like, the fact that it has a single-player campaign and a good one, to me, is like, thank you. I feel like it just it feels like a better purchase. And I bought Black Ops 4, I think. And, I you know, I think it's a good value, too, in a different way. But this has so many multiplayer modes. And it feels like a lot. And a good single-player mode. Like, yeah, this should be the normal, I think. And I will say, after all of these, like, Apexes and all these other games and microtransactions, like, this game will have some, don't get me wrong, but um, being able to unlock weapon skins and operator skins by playing the game feels like a strange novel concept, you know what I mean? <laughs> like so sad. Like, when I'm going through the list, I'm like, man, I'm unlocking, like, call signs and all this stuff, like, every match, yeah. and I'm just like... Why, like, why is this not a thing anymore? Like, this feels so, like, rare. And that's yeah. so weird because it's always been like that in Call of Duty. But now more than ever, it just seems out of place in the market. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, in a really good way. I think one thing real quick that people haven't talked enough about is the way it looks. Because the game looks fucking crazy. It looks so good. It's probably the closest, in a lot of ways, of photorealistic, especially in the single player that I've seen so far. It's not perfect, of course, but it's like a, there are times where I'm playing and I'm like, Jesus, this is so crazy. Like, it feels very cutting edge. Yeah. And it, uh, also, the, it's sorry, one of the best looking games I've ever played. Yeah, for sure. Especially as far as like judging by photorealism, which is not the only standard to judge by for sure. But it it's cool to see that always pushed forward. And this game does that well. And also, the audio is incredible. Like, when those planes are streaking by overhead... And you're like, oh my god, they're coming! You have to like get into a building. It's so stressful because the audio is so good. Um, so yeah, that's something I feel like hasn't really been talked about enough. Is just what a visual and audio showcase it is, which they yeah. usually are, I guess. Most Call of Duties are. But when you load that first mission with the lights coming through the trees at night, exactly, you're just like, holy shit! Like this is a different fucking level of game. Like this is crazy yeah. good. It's yeah. cool to see. Like this is what AAA should look like. Is like. Okay, every time a AAA game comes out, it should push some boundary. And especially like when you put on the night vision goggles, it's like, oh my god, this looks so real. It's very cool. Yeah, super dope. Okay, uh, so one last thing. I think that's enough Call of Duty talk. It probably is. Thanks for but, sticking with us, but it's a good game. It is a good game. I, I'll talk about it all day if you guys want to. But uh, <laughs> one last thing before we go. And uh, this is something that's been sweeping social media. I haven't really talked to Leo about it yet, so I wanted to kind of hear his thoughts. But... Uh, what about the stuff going on with Kotaku? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I was reading about that this morning. It's pretty yeah. interesting. It is I... pretty interesting. Um, so if you haven't heard, and I'm going to give you like the super highlight view. I'm not really going to get into too much detail. Yeah, because there's uh, not that much we know yet. There's not that much we know, and um, it's pretty straightforward as far as uh, at least the... Uh, the act like the things that happened right so um kotaku the parent company that owns kotaku and all of formerly gawker media so deadspin is basically the main offender in this but they own all those sites jezebel uh what else uh, av you, club av club yeah if you if you go on kotaku you'll see them all listed across the top but um uh, so 
they started playing ads that would auto run on the pages and auto play audio and video. Um, the writers at Deadspin, uh, specifically, but, uh, Kotaku as well, um, voice kind of complaints about it. Uh, the, the corporate company did not give a shit about their complaints. Um, then they made a post basically saying, uh, if you don't like these ads, here's who to contact. Don't tell us, tell them the, the corporate company, uh, that you don't like this and it's, it's making you not do business with us, you know? Um, and, uh, basically corporate took that page down and, um, and that kind of kicked off a real shit show, uh, namely with Deadspin, they fired one writer there who had complained. Um, then, uh, I think like five or six others had resigned. Um, and it's kind of firing back and forth. I will say, uh, Kotaku being a unionized, um, publication, I do feel like their union is pretty weak in all this and ineffective, but, yeah. uh, but regardless, um, that's kind of the story as I understand it. Yeah. And it's been, from what I understand, cause I kind of heard it from Jason Schreier's perspective, just cause I knew he'd have a unique one. It's obviously very one-sided and, uh, you know, he's only coming at it from the pro Kotaku side, but it and, was still, you know, I will say he is the guy putting it out there, right? Like, like, yeah, it's one-sided, but you know, He's willing to tell people his experience, and for mm-hmm. that, you gotta respect him. You know? Oh, for sure. I think he's well respected. That's why I think this ad, you know adds a lot of credibility to it. But what I thought was funny was not funny, kind of odd was the um, the gleefulness, which with everyone was so happy that Kotaku was embroiled in this because you know they're this these horrible social justice warriors, and and it was pretty incredible to see the blowback in terms of on Twitter and of just like good you fucking pc scum i hope your site dies and it's like feel like kotaku or not fair enough but just this this stuff was so funny to see it was like wow really like any any excuse to just spew hatred is a is a valid one of these people and i'm not saying being anti-kotaku is bad of course not but saying that stupid shit is bad and it it does not even bad it's just dumb and it's so far away from what the actual issue which is you know corporate overlords Either squelching free speech or forcing people to do your bidding, depending on who you talk to. But uh, I mean, take it from that me. was not it. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a huge Kotaku fan as far yeah. as some of their content. I think I've voiced on here like when I'm yeah, like sure. I don't th- I think this article is in poor taste or dumb or ignorant. Right. Um, but this is not. I mean, I'll take any opportunity to dunk on them, and this is not one of those opportunities, yeah. right? Like clearly, they didn't. Clearly, they're doing a good thing. You know, I mean, let's be honest. 30 or two minutes ago when I was telling the story, I said that their union is weak and that's kind of a dunk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But them having a weak union does not change the fact that they're trying to stand up for something that is positive for their readers. You know? And I, I don't think that that's uh, something that you can just disparage or claim is somehow good. You know what I mean? Or like, or like puts them in a poor light. Right. You know, if in anything, like we should hope more of our content creators are willing to kind of stand up for this kind of thing. Um, Sadly, I don't think the business makes. I don't think the business makes sense. I think writers have one idea of what the business should be, right? But yeah, uh, almost but certainly, I think the people that write the checks um, have a different view, and I think so, I don't know whose view is more realistic. Yeah. Uh, it seems like financially, Kotaku hasn't always been the most uh, profitable company, so uh, so maybe this kind of is just what needs to happen. I don't know, but. Uh, I, I really can't say that I I um, 
I'm like glad to see them, you know, in this kind of position for trying to have a better website. Yeah, I guess that's the part that kind of blows my mind. Like whether or not you care, like their content or hate their content or find it horrible or whatever, it's still that's not the point here. Like it, it'd be like if it was some site that I didn't really didn't like, like I don't like know, Newegg. Some... <laughs> no, no, zing. No. Um, but like, yeah, some site that I found had questionable or objectionable content. Uh, and then I found that they were trying to do a good thing. I'd still hate the site, but I wouldn't be saying tweets like, good, you fucking losers. I hope you die. You, you know, it's just, it's, it's missing the point. If, if they were going under because something having to do with their messaging, and I guess maybe you could argue they are, but if that was it, then even then, you know, have some taste, but this is just not even related to that. So it was just funny to see, oh, oh, it's just taking delight in other people's misery, especially when that misery was, like you said by my understanding, instigated by a desire to make it a better website for everyone. Yeah, and that's kind of my thing, too, is it's like, for better or worse, maybe this is necessary. Maybe uh, they can operate the website the way they want to, and, you know, sure. like, it's not generating enough revenue, and this is just kind of what's got to happen. Like, Yeah, but that's uh, a different conversation that, and, that those and, people are not having. And regardless, like, that's not, like, that doesn't, it's not a bad thing for them to want it to be better. Like, regardless yeah. if it makes financial sense, it's... You know, they're, they're welcome to have to voice that they think that these ads suck. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. my opinion. And um, and having the parent company kind of delete that and not want to hear about it, I think, is uh, is poorly done. You know, uh, I will say, like, even um, speaking of, like, we were talking about Newegg. When I was with Newegg and dealing with their kind of social stuff through our streams, you know, I would always get really upset because people would come into our, our chats or our Discord um, and complain about like uh, right. a poor shipping or something, you know, and everyone would get very defensive <laughs> and kind of yell at them, right? Like in the chat, like, oh, it's your fault or whatever. And, you know, I always kind of hoped and would say like, you know, this person had a bad experience. Like, like, let's try and be supportive and kind of recognize that if we had a bad experience, we'd also be upset, you right. know? Um, like, let's not dunk on people just to dunk on them. Like, like, let's try and have some empathy and... Um, and kind of give, and kind of just be positive in how we want things to operate, um, how we want people to be treated. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and I feel like that's what they're trying to do. And I can respect that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You know, and also all this, this talk about like how they're not financially profitable or they're going to business may or may not be true. I don't think we know enough about it, but if that is true and Kotaku is going out of business because they're not making enough money then that says a lot about video game journalism as a whole, right? Or at least the current state of it, because that is, however you want to look at it, certainly one of the most popular video gaming sites, whether it's the most financially successful, I have no idea, probably not. But if they can't make it work, then I wonder who can. Yeah, Which I is think, kind of an, also an interesting question that, yeah, again... I think online revenue generation is, is a very... Uh, it's very hard not to crack. I think people think there's so much money in it, you know, yeah. but... Uh, I think we can see that you really got to have a very diverse offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think Kotaku's content is just very, um, I think it's good. I just don't think it has a lot of hooks for profitability in it, which I think is, yeah. you know, a, a tough a tough model to crack. Yeah, I think it's fair. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see. And, okay. the, and the last thing that's interesting, oh, go ahead. we won't have to get into it, but... Let's get your final thought on Kotaku. Yeah, date. no, this isn't even Kotaku... But we haven't talked about Blizzard, but BlizzCon is tomorrow. I know. So exciting, right? So next week. Yeah, it's sad because I'm so excited just to see what happens. 
And I yeah, am excited I was, about the announcements, but mostly I'm just like, ooh, what's going to happen? I was actually going to go before my dog got hurt. I was like, because uh, you can still buy like second hand passes for pretty oh, cheap. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to go. But I just wanted to go see the shit show, like if, yeah. if there really was one or not. But uh, so yeah. I, I won't be the man on the street, sadly. Well, yeah, but we'll definitely check back in next week because we'll, we'll get into whatever happens. Or if nothing happens, that'll still be interesting. And it'd be fun to talk about what they actually announced, too. And we'll be here, so of yeah. course you'll check back in. You want to hear us, our, our beautiful dulcet tones coming How through. How could you not want to? How could you not want that? Well, thank you, Leo, for your time. I really As appreciate always, you thank recording you. with me. Thank you for listening, my friends out there on the internet. And please, if you have anything you want to say, a question, uh, techyapodcast at gmail.com. Or uh, find all of our social links at techyapodcast.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. And uh, go play some games. Yeah, go play some games. Bye.